we begin with the invocation. Toward the one, the perfection of love, harmony, and beauty, the only being united with all the illuminated souls who form the embodiment of the Master, the Spirit of Guidance. Well, um, Pir Shabda just asked me to announce ourselves so that those of you who don't know who we are might get a, a feeling of our names and where we are in this wonderful collaborative work. So my name is Rabia Perez Chisti, and I'm with the Sufi movement, and I've been uh, in all the orders. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been blessed with, uh, uh, with the great privilege of working with all of the teachers. And um, I continue to work with all the teachers, because we are all teachers one to another. But... Um, I'd like to uh, begin uh, as a response to a call that Pierzia gave today, not to give answers either, but to respond in a very feminist way to subjects that have been um, coming my way since I've arrived at this federation. As a, a woman who is in a leadership capacity, and I think it's an important subject. I, we don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to cover it in a, in a way that I think would honor Murshid's teachings about this. And I'd like to share with you um, a reading from the religious Gothica, a paragraph from uh, the religious Gothicas of Murshid. And before I, I start this, I would like to um, honor a great scientist, Albert Einstein, who became a mystic at the end of his life. And he said, you know, the world is a very dangerous place, not because of the people who do us harm, but because of those who do nothing. And I think it's a very important uh, concept to take into consideration about what this doing is about. And I, I'd like to um, read this paragraph from Mershid and then get into this subject from a feminist view about transformation of consciousness. So Mershit says, um, it is not easy to learn and after learning to practice how to make life in the world with harmony and peace. The desire of every person in the world is to possess all he wants, whether it belongs to him or whether it belongs to somebody else. He wants all things to last and if they are any use to him, he wants all those near and dear to him to abide close to him. All he doesn't wish to need and see, he wants exiled from his town. And at the same time, even the whole nature must work to suit him. The cold must not be too cold. The hot must not exceed its temperature or his desire. The rain must obey him. Pain must not approach him. 
There must not be anything difficult in life, and all things and people must be perfect in the perfection of God. Everything must act in life as he wishes them to. He alone must be the engineer of all others as it would be as if they were machines. They must have all the endurance he demands, and at the same time, all must be as sensitive as he wishes it to be. No one should move against his desire, nor even a bird must fly in the sky, nor even a leaf must flutter. All must come under his command. This attitude, I have not spoken of just someone in the world, but every individual. The world is a place where every individual wishes to be a king, and I add a queen, of many, of one kingdom, of one small kingdom or one small queendom. And the whole tragedy of life is because of this. So now, what do we do about this? We know this. This is our ardent wish to have all reality under our mastery and our control. And so, from a very feminist perspective, the idea of working with this particular need that arises in all of us is what do we do to look at the activities of our body and mind consciousness, our cognitive faculties, which establishes a form of transformation of consciousness that brings us into dealing with these needs to have it exactly the way we want it, the, all the exigencies of life exactly the way we want it under our control. First, Mershid speaks about in his writings about the need for aspiration and for this desire of loving and, and to, backed by will to support it that is garnered and brought through through the uh, essence of practice. And this aspiration, it, it, it's the, the wonderful comment that Rumi says, I go to my beloved not as my jailer, but as my lover. It's that aspiration that, does, that drives you into loving, that allows, you, that allows your will to support what your action is, to transform, so that the preparation might be long and slow sometimes. However, the acknowledgement that arises, or the moment can arise, in which it is an instantaneous moment of awareness, a kind of a, um, a light dawning in the consciousness, that changes you forever. You're never the same. You never can forget that moment of absolute clarity that arises when your practices all of a sudden have an opening that arises. Uh, it, sometimes that's all you need in a life. It doesn't have to be very complicated. It's just what love does. And um, it's a complete and absolute change. You actually have a complete and absolute change, and you're in a new paradigm. The ball that was rolling, the bouncing Spalding ball that was rolling, is now inside out. And you're looking at reality from a different perspective. 
And why is reality in a different perspective is because your love created a shift. Your, your own capacity to love, your own capacity created a shift. An amazing thing, the power of loving. You know, it, this is a little bit off the side, but um, many women have come to me about how to, what would we do, uh, you know, in male leadership, with so much male leadership, how could a woman possibly come up in any level of uh, conscious changing and, uh, uh, you know, to, to bring out their vision of what they see from the intuitive levels. And one of my responses was to th this woman that I was speaking to today was never give up. Don't give up on yourself. Keep holding your own attention ever vigilant by loving it more every day. Love what you see and, f and support it. And then someday that love will s expand to others. But uh, back to this transformation of consciousness that everything appears new and different all of a sudden when you have this momentary experience of uh, somatic and conscious changing that comes with loving. And so the ordinary consciousness that progresses rather slowly uh, from uh, one experience to another experience is altered because now you're moving from knowledge to knowledge instead of uh, um, experience to experience, which is kind of a slow earth plane uh, movement of external knowing. But knowledge to knowledge, or uh, lear uh, learning, uh, knowledge <coughs> to knowledge learning, is based on a much more inner state of awareness of, of a salvific harmony that is based when you feel loved. That salvific harmony comes when you feel loved and you know what that harmony is in yourself when you feel loved, when you feel seen. We started this with Mashida Taj at the beginning. We, you know, I see you when you're seen. Um, can you explain the word salvific? Salvific means healed or healing, the activity of healing. So this forms the active modality, this loving forms the active modality of the conscious change. And what we are really good at is putting ourselves down. We, we destroy the very process of our own progression by destroying that in ourselves. Uh, which is uh, going off or making mistakes. Look, uh, you know, John Coltrane, this great jazz musician who I adore, said, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> you know, we, we, we shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes in our nature about uh, how we look at ourselves, but we want to know that when we make a mistake that we get up again and... Uh, never give up on the loving heart of our purpose for being here. And that purpose for being here is the transformation of consciousness, <coughs> the transformation of the world's consciousness in us. When we actually feel this loving 
this kindness that operates in us. You know, when I look at, if I, someone asked me once about Murshid's teachings and they said, what do you think is the quintessential overarching view of Murshid and his teachings? And the, the one thing that arose in my heart was this absolute kindness for human ignorance. For all levels of ignorance, no matter how he was ignored, no matter how he was criticized, no matter how he was uh, um, abused for his color in a Victorian time, no matter what the struggles were, he always maintained this hope and this love for the potentiation of consciousness in humanity. And I, that is, I, I think, the very important key about this level of transformation. But I, I just want to close with one analogy that I would like to leave you with. I just got a signal. Uh, this, this, and, and this came from Pierre Valiat once when we were... <laughs> he's the, he kind of put up the fingers, actually. <laughs> uh, it means peace, I know. There's a two-minute here. Uh, uh, so Purvalayat gave a wonderful image once when we were up in Chamonix, and he says, look, you know, we're up in this mountain. What is it, 14,000, 15,000 feet, you know, in Chamonix? I mean, who's here that was in Chamonix when we were all together? I think there's a group of us who really ex experienced all this. I, I remember Pierre Zia was there when he was a, a little boy. I told him the other day I was just one of the great zikers of my life when he got in the center of the circle and uh, under Purvalayat's uh, uh, impression to lead us in a zikr, and it was really blissful. But um, to get back to this analogy that Pirvalayat gave, he said, think of you're standing at the foot of the mountain, and you're looking at all the experiences of your life in the valley, and you're seeing all the pressures of your work, your family, everything, and you're overwhelmed with the, the uh, experience of that life and you look up and you know you have to climb this mountain and you just mm -hmm. cannot imagine how you can get to the top and what you're going to have to prepare to get to the top of this mountain. But something volitionally knows that you have to get to the top of the mountain to gain that perspective. So you get your pack back, you get your boots, you get your sticks, you get whatever you need, and you, you, you start moving up to the mountain and then you actually... Uh, succeed, you get to the top of the mountain, and you look back down and you see everything is in minutia form. You look back down to the valley. All your reality is in minutia, and all of a sudden the vista opens up, and so much more of your consciousness has expanded, which is, this is the teaching that I would like to bring, or this is the part of Mershid's teaching. But there is one step Mershid says you have to go. You have to go, you have to drop to the heart of that mountain. You have to go into the center of the mountain so that you see both perspectives in equanimity. And that's transformation. That's the transformed consciousness that I believe is what um, will impact us and will change us and will take us to our destiny.